What's up, everybody? It's Mr. Christopher on the Funkatopia Radio Show. Hope everybody's doing well. All right, all right, let's just go ahead and just stop the music. We're going to go ahead and just get into it because it's we've already got so much information and I'm not even sure exactly how we're going to accomplish it all. Welcome, welcome, one and all, to Funkatopia Live. We are actually not only live on the Funked Up app, which everybody is listening to worldwide right now. We're not only live here, but we are also live with an active chat area on Facebook, facebook.com slash Funkatopia. You can see and you would want to see me. Uh, and on top of that, you can also participate in the chat. There is not really too much of an, there's not really much that you can do as far as interaction is concerned on the Funked Up app. But uh, with Facebook, you have all kinds of stuff that you can obviously do. You can chat amongst each other. You can ask questions, and then hopefully I'll be able to address some of these questions. Uh, but we are here every single week. For those who are new to the whole process, we are here every single week doing what we call Funkatopia Live. And occasionally we talk about album chats. We will dissect one of Prince's albums in its entirety, track by track, talking about the history, things that were going on and whatnot. And we talk about all those things. Tonight, we are actually taking on a topic that has been very, very polarizing. And uh, a lot of people got very, very angry with me uh, as a result of even bringing up the fact that I was going to be talking about this. And I don't know what people's anticipation or that that's not the right word, what people's expectation was for this particular show. Um, but if you have are under the impression that this is going to be disrespectful or that in any particular, I, I, I don't even know how to even communicate this, but I've seen a lot of people who said, I'm going to unfollow Funkatopia or I'm uninstalling the Funked Up app from my phone. All of those things have occurred since we announced that we were going to be doing this show three days ago. Uh, it has been an absolute whirlwind of negative and positive and <laughs> a lot of negative, a lot of anger, a lot of vitriol. I want to make sure that if you cannot physically, or not physically, but if you cannot emotionally handle this conversation, uh, please feel free to tune out until you feel like you can handle it. That is that is my advice to you. If you feel like you want to stay into the conversation and you want to get, uh, you want to kind of listen and just experience what we're about to talk about, but it may be too much for you and you have an issue with grief or loss, please make sure that you visit crisisnetwork.org. Again, that's crisisnetwork.org. If you still have an issue with grief or loss, even if it's in your own personal family, not just when we're talking about Prince, but even in, in you may have experienced loss during this pandemic or within your lifetime that you're still hanging on and it's still baggage for you, please visit crisisnetwork.org. Call. They'll hook you up with a, a counselor or somebody that can kind of walk you through uh, any of those issues in your local area. So I, I want to make sure that there's that. I also had mentioned that this was an olive branch to all of the people that reached out to me and said, I really want to know what your opinion is. I, I, I want to know what it is that you think about Prince's death. Do you think it was suicide? Do you think it was murder? Do you think it was an accident? Do you think blah, 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 blah. 
And I've really kind of kept quiet about it. There's some people online that I, I've talked uh, I've talked to off and on. Um, there are some people that I've talked to about this, but I've never really kind of publicly announced it. I don't think that I have. I mean, I may have. I don't. I don't think that I have. I, I'm I'm not sure. But there are so many people that are out there that are actively actively following this case still to this day, even though Carver County has closed the books and said, no charges are being filed, we're done here. And there's still some people that rightfully so say there are just too many questions here. There are just, there, there is so much unknown. I, what is going on here? This is just insane that there is so much going on where why don't we know the answers to the, all these questions? I, it doesn't make sense why we don't know the answers to these questions. And uh, you're right. And we're going to talk about some of those questions. And um, I had said, one of the things I had said was, is that this is my olive branch to those people that have asked me, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it tonight, but then this is it. I'm not going to talk about it again. I've had people saying, well, why don't you do a series? We need to have a series, you know? And then every every time you just have a new guest come on, and it was one of the people that had suggested that. And I was like, I, I, I just, it's too painful. It's, it's so upsetting for so many people. And to try to figure out a way to really kind of do this in a respectful way that's not going to upset people is really a, a, a tightrope of sorts, really, to be totally honest. And, and I am pretty confident that that's not going to work. I am, I have no qualms or thoughts whatsoever that I am not, that I'm going to get through this night and not piss anybody off. It's just not going to happen. It's just not because there are so many different angles and so many different thoughts and so many different theories about what happened during Prince's passing that really have just got people just riled up. Some people agree with other people and some people disagree with other people. And so I, I'm trying to be representative of all of those folks. We've got people that are in here. Uh, I mean, thank you so much for all you, all the folks that have joined us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Funkatopia. You can join in on the discussion. You can participate in all this. Uh, I, so many fellow podcasters, thank you so, so much for joining. I do know of one fellow podcaster that I, I really wasn't that familiar with, but uh, he pretty much was very, very upset that I was even bringing this up. And he actually started a little bit of a hashtag boycott, boycott campaign on his channel, just kind of saying that, you know, I can't believe I've only listened to Funkatopia once and, and I'm, you know, I'm never listening again. I can't believe he was so disrespectful and that he would, he would talk about this, that, or the other. And it's like, I don't, what well, I haven't even said anything. I, you're upset about a topic. I haven't, you don't even know what angle I'm going to come in. You don't, it's just, anyways. As far as never talking about it again, our stance and why we are making this the only time that we talk about this is, is only relevant until more official information comes through. There's so much that's out there that's not really kind of been officially released or is it's just it's hearsay and this is somebody saying this about this person and somebody say it, it's it kind of you can actually ruin people's lives by focusing on things that may or may not be true but there are but there are some things there are some things that have been divulged that 
our cause for questions, our causes for concern. So we are, we want justice. We want justice for Prince. If there was foul play involved, we absolutely positively want justice. And I hope that we, I hope that we get it. I hope that we get it. If there was foul play involved, I hope that we get it. I know there's some things that are going to upset some people. As far as making this into a series, hey, look, you know, based on the traffic and the listenership during this broadcast, it's tempting as hell. I'm going to tell you. But this is what, I mean, this is what podcasters kill for is the volume of listeners of people that are really genuinely interested in a topic and want to participate in something. But uh, I also need to do something that's way more important than listeners, way more important than traffic, way more important than ad revenue, way more important than any of those things. And that is to honor Prince's legacy. That is first and foremost, anything is making sure that I keep things respectful, that I'm respectful to our listeners, especially the listeners that, that couldn't even couldn't even bring themselves to actually come here today because it's still so, so much uh, for them to even think about the fact that he's gone. They still haven't grasped the reality that he's no longer with us. They grasp that reality, but they still emotionally don't want to accept it. It upsets them to realize his music, the presence of his music here all the time, especially on our, our radio station, Funked Up, is it kind of helps to be a little bit of a solace. People can come here and they can listen to his music all the time. And it's, it's, it's like he never left us. And we also try to throw in a bunch of surprises to kind of keep it light. And then of course, thank you to the estate. The estate's doing a wonderful, wonderful job at releasing all these amazing, amazing unreleased cuts. And I'm just, it's, I'm ecstatic that so many positive things are happening and uh, we are just, we're all about it anyways. But no matter what we say here tonight, it, 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 Unfortunately, it doesn't change anything. He, he, he's no longer with us. And I have been attacked in my emails. Uh, and again, I've been told how disrespectful this is and that I should be banned and people unfollow us. And I've told you about the, the podcaster who decided that he was going to boycott me. And then all of his listeners jumped on the bandwagon and were just like, I'm uninstalling the app. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. It's just like, really? First off, um, he said something to the fact, and I, I just, I think I just mentioned that he said, Oh, I listen to Funkatopia once and I'll never listen again. Well, we have a 24 seven radio station and I've been doing this broadcast for years now. So the fact that you only listen to my broadcast only one time, one time, and you've already got the whole vibe and everything that we're doing here. Uh, you, I mean, you have no idea of my personal history of Prince, uh, you have no idea of, of how much Prince supported this radio station and how much Prince supported me and Funkatopia when he was with us. There's a lot of history between us and Prince, a lot. And I'm not going to go through it. I don't need to go through it because I don't want to also be dis disrespectful to this other people, fine, fine people like Dr. Funkenberry, who is on the line with us right now. Uh, not on the line, but uh, in the chat room on on uh, Facebook right now. He has an amazing background in history with Prince. 
So it is my duty to not only make sure that I stay respectful to listeners and friends like him and others in here that also have a history with Prince, but also, as I mentioned, to stay true to honoring and maintaining Prince's legacy. It's that's that's above and beyond. I think that's a hell of a, that, that's enough of a preface for now. Okay. That's enough of a preface. I think you got the point. I'm not going to be disrespectful. Get on with it. Shut up. Let's move forward. I got it. <laughs> I got it. Um, so anyways, all I can say is I'm sorry that you feel that way. Um, and that you've made this false assumption about what's going to happen here tonight. But, um, I, I also realize that there's plenty of websites and Facebook pages that are dedicated to getting, getting, a little bit of clarity and getting to the bottom of this botched investigation. I will be talking about some of those talking points. We will be, Peter, I see your message about trying to be nice. I will. I'm going to try, but there's some things that I I have to kind of, we're going to handle. And as I mentioned, I was asked by a lot of people that run some of those sites, you know, to come on the show. I just basically said, uh, we're not going to, anyways, here we are. We're protecting the narrative of the story. I don't want to have any any outside sources. To if you have any specific questions, go ahead and just put them on the put them on the chat, and we'll we'll deal with them. If you want do want to delve into this more, though, here here's a couple of sites, and I expect uh, people in the chat here, Facebook.com/slash/Funkatopia for those of you who are listening on the radio station. Uh, you can also come over here to Facebook.com/slash/Funkatopia. You can watch the video of me doing this live, and I'll participate in the chat. But some of the ones that I know about, um, Connecting the Purple Dots, their YouTube channel. There's uh, Chaz's group. You can also uh, check him out. Uh, There's the website, Prince Investigation File 5, I think is the URL. Prince Investigation File 5. So there's that. And there's a bunch of them out there. There's a bunch of websites and Facebook pages that are dedicated to kind of getting to the bottom of this. And so anybody else that has any other websites that they... I think are doing a fantastic job at dealing with some of this stuff. Please absolutely put them in the Facebook page and uh, justice for Prince. There's another one. I'm going to tell you what I believe. So you, a lot of people have asked me directly. Here's my answer. What does Mr. Christopher believe? Suicide. This is so touchy. No, I, I don't think it was planned out. Although there is a lot of unusual pieces, happenstance, things that just kind of fell into place that was just really suspicious. One, for, for him to have passed away in an elevator, are we going to let the elevator bring us down? For him to have passed away in an elevator was very, very unusual. It's not just that. For him to die in April... Sometimes it snows in April. There's a one in 12 chance that that happens. Actually, 30 and 365. And not only in April, but on April 21st, which is the very day that sometimes it snows in April was recorded. The 31st anniversary of that song. April 21st was when he recorded that song and he died on that day. That's a one in 365 chance that that happens. Uh, Now, as far as I I already see, I already see the questions about, did he die in an elevator? Because 
unfortunately, during my research, I did stumble upon some of the photos of the crime scene, not crime scene, of the scene. And they show him outside of the elevator. And the thing that's a little unusual about those particular pictures is that his head is in a variety of different positions if you look at the different photos. And you can tell by the design of the sun that's on the carpet. In one place, certain parts of the sun are, it's just, it's just, it's, there's some strange inaccuracies that are in those photos. Let's go on to some of the other peculiar, I was going to say peculiarities. That's not even a word. He just released an album littered with songs about passing on to the next phase, that album being Artificial Age, talking about way back home uh, and all those things. However, I did have Dr. Funkenberry on the show a few months ago, and we were actually talking about this. And you know, he does bring up a point that one could say that all of his albums at some point in time, every single one of his albums at some point dealt with death in some form or fashion some form or fashion. I, I, I get it. There was also the unusual aspect of the fact that he spent the last couple of years of his life reaching out to like a lot of people that he felt like he wronged. He reached out to Brownmark. He reached out to Morris Day. Uh, he reached out to Jesse Johnson, who didn't answer the call. But he was reaching out to people like he was like tying things up, like he was making amends. And then he also has a dance party on April 16th at Paisley Park where he tells people to wait a few days before wasting any prayers. And then, which was an unusual thing to say. And then five days later, he would no longer be with us. And it was just a dance party. It wasn't like it was like a full-blown concert. It was just like, hey, we're going to get together and listen to music type of things. But he was calling people. And it wasn't really, it was a quick appearance. It wasn't really anything. He just came out, said he's fine, told people to wait a few days and save your prayers, did a little shinding on the piano. And then again, five days later, he was gone. So it was like he was reaching out and, and kind of just tying things up. It Those are the things, it really just, it it really felt like he was making amends and and, and just tying things up in a bow. I keep saying that, but that's what it is. It's kind of like, you know, you wrapped up everything and now you're putting a bow on it and you're kind of, th that's what I'm talking about. That's where things just, um, and I'm seeing some people uh, that are mentioning on here that he looked ill in his final days. He, he, he did look frail. He was, he was always diminutive. He was always thin, but there was this extra, like he just wasn't in a good place in Atlanta at the two shows in Atlanta, which you see this shadow boxes back here that I was actually at both of those shows at the 7 PM show and the 10 PM show. And let me tell you, those shows were absolute magic. He was at the top of his game. It was the most unbelievable I have ever, ever seen him. And I say that with no reservation. I've seen Prince 27 times, that being 26 and 27. Those were the most amazing shows because it was just, it was just him. It was him in a raw, really raw environment. And it was just, um, I don't know. So to get back about what I was thinking, 
I said suicide. I said no. But I did have a little asterisk saying, but there were a lot of suspicious things that led me to believe that he knew that things were kind of coming to an end or that his end was near, I guess is probably the more polite way of, of saying that because, because he felt like whatever he was battling was winning the battle. And he kind of felt like I, I, I just, he was very, very healthy. He, he focused on having a healthy lifestyle, you know, changed to a, a, a vegan lifestyle. He really kind of was getting other people to kind of do the same thing for the last half of his life. And I just think that he knew something was wrong and he was just kind of tying things up just in case. And, and that's, that's, that's just kind of what I believed. And as I said, there are other people that believe that he checked out. And with all of those bullets that I had mentioned before, I'm not going to say that it's not feasible. I choose to believe that he wouldn't have done that to his fans, but on the same note, I also know that he very much wanted to be in control. And if he felt like things were getting beyond his control, it could well possibly be. I'm not saying that's what it is. I'm just saying there's a lot of things that just happened that were just very, very, so many weird and unusual things just happened in that time. So there's that. But here's one of the things that I absolutely believe. And again, we're going to talk about all this stuff. So don't, don't feel like I'm glazing over things that you want to talk about a little bit more. Ocean keeps saying, where is the will? Where is the will? Where is the will? Uh, again, if you're just joining us on the radio show, please feel free to join us on facebook.com slash Funkatopia. That's facebook.com slash Funkatopia. You can join the conversation and uh, be a part of it because I'm, I'm doing my absolute best um, you're, you're doing absolute best. Charles, Chad Smith. Thank you, brother. Uh, Prince's cousin is on the line. He said, do your thing. You have nothing to apologize for. Thank you. I appreciate, I appreciate that vote of confidence. Uh, because we are, uh, Shanta also says he knew his end was near, not because he was suicidal, but because he was in touch with his higher self. That could well possibly be as well. He may have just felt like things were really kind of coming to a close for him. And I believe that he was well aware, regardless of whether it was intentional or not intentional and just happenstance or accidental, which is kind of where I lean. I lean towards accidental. He knew something was coming. He felt it. He got the, he knew that something was going on and it just, it, that's just happens to be where everything kind of caught up. But let's talk about the will. I believe that there was a will. I, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and say that I, I, I firmly believe that there was a will. He was very much a contract freak. And I think with, and just kind of getting everything in writing and kind of just making sure that it's all locked down. And especially when it came to his music, he fought so long and so hard and with such fury to protect his music and to protect his rights and protect everything that he had. He did everything in his power to make sure that he was able to control those things and with the exception of the title deal that he made with Jay-Z, which, which strangely enough was just a nod and a handshake, with the exception of that, that was one of the few times, that was one of the few times that he, I, I think I, I even, even heard of him moving forward into some type of an agreement regarding his music. I, I don't know exactly what it was. I don't know what happened there in that regard, but Jay-Z and Beyonce and Prince were friends. 
I think it, they, he didn't feel like he had any reason to mistrust that they would do anything, but I don't think that he also foresaw his passing and then the estate going, well, hey, there's no contract. Uh, you're on Spotify now. <laughs> Money's money when it comes to protecting the estate and kind of moving forward. Nothing against Jay-Z, nothing against title. But when you are trying to pay a bunch of tax bills and you're trying to stay on top of a bunch of legal things that are going on at the moment, that's what you got to do. That's what you got to protect. Truth is, that is really the only main part of the cons of that that is really a conspiracy to me. Is is I, and I know, I know what everybody's saying. I know what people think. People they're under the impression. People they're under the impression that. People in his family had something to do with the disappearance of his will. I could well possibly be. What was, I guess, a lot of people saying what was suspicious about it is that even though he didn't have any will, Tyka uh, went and, and lawyered up very, very quickly. But I don't want to get into that. I don't, I don't want to, I, I, because I don't know. I don't know when she lawyered up. I don't know what was going on. I don't know why she felt like she needed to have legal representation. I don't know any of those things and I'm not here to disparage anybody. So we're not going to go there. You guys can go ahead and, and talk amongst yourselves about what you feel may have been the reasoning. I also, since we're talking about, you know, some of the other theories that people have said, other people that said that the theories is once Warner brothers realized that they were really going to lose a lot of money on this thing, that, they may take things into their own hands. I'm okay doing that because it's a corporation. It's not a, it's not an individual. So I'm not hurting anybody. It's just a theory. It's a thought that people say. So I, I'm not, I'm not hurting anybody. Yeah. So there's also the 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 question about why they cremated him so soon. Uh, why why do they feel it necessary to not go through the normal channels after he passed to you know kind of just at least maintain his, his maintain his remains so that they could look at other things. Maybe they could look at, you know, possibly, you know, because obviously they took samples and whatnot, but if they actually maintained keeping him around and not cremating him, they could have looked at other things. They might've, you know, looked at fingernails. They may have looked at hair. I don't know. There's just seems like there was a rush to cremate him. And I don't know what the reasoning for that one is either. Uh, there's a lot of speculation. I don't know. I honestly, honestly don't know. Question mark. Murder? No. There's nobody that would have benefited from murdering Prince, I don't think. I know that Warner Brothers had kind of, you know, there was a little bit of a, a you know, breaking up of, of that part of it. But for the most part, you know, to speculate individuals, that's to me, that's too much. This is too much. Prince was very much their meal ticket. So if Prince is gone, it's gone. Everything's gone. So I don't, I don't see that. I just don't, you know, I just don't see this. I do want to make a, a notation about a movie that's being made about this too, called A Royal Loss. I'd be beside myself if I didn't mention that, that there's a movie that's being independently made uh, and obviously sponsored by all of you fine folks to kind of push that forward. So anyways, there was also a lot of shredding of documents. Why was there it necessary to shred documents? Unless it has to do with tax stuff and, and, you know, because there was also, there was some information, I guess that had was 
uh, posted by Carver County. And when it was posted by Carver County, there was some phone conversations and some phone interviews that happened between some of the detectives at Carver County and also various people that had worked in on staff at certain points in time. And there was some concerns about, uh, I guess, during those final days when Prince was doing some concerts for cash only. And so there was like a lot of, you know, I, I don't know. They could those records could have been or those that paperwork could have been anything, but what were they? Um, that's that is a big, big question. I, I just think to kind of close my thoughts, I think that there were enablers around Prince all the time. Prince did have a dependency on pharmaceuticals. I'm not saying he was a drug addict, I'm not saying anything like that. I'm saying that he had a dependency on pharmaceuticals. The man was in a lot of pain, a lot of hip pain, a lot of just random. He had pain everywhere. And I think he just kind of got to the point where he just was very, very reliant on it. And, and I know that we as Prince fans continually say, and we say it all the time, we say Prince didn't do drugs. Prince wasn't druggy. Prince didn't do drugs. Prince didn't, you know. He what you know he was he frowned at drugs and this that and the other and I think when you when you say that there's been a lot of recorded interviews from people that were on in Prince's band, uh, Prince's staff, uh, even past band members that have gone on record saying that they've confronted him uh, about it and said you know I really want you to you know think about possibly getting some help and you know we're concerned about getting fired and. There's a lot of recorded interviews that are out there that talk about the opposite, that he really did have a little bit of a dependency to prescription drugs. He didn't, you know, he obviously was not a pothead. He obviously was not, he didn't do Coke. He didn't shoot up heroin. He didn't do any of that stuff. Uh, but when it came to pharmaceuticals, I think that kind of fell in the gray area for him because it was just medicine and it was something that was handed out. Uh, by the government, as long as you had a doctor that approved and said it was okay. So there's that. But anyways, yeah, th there was even band members that I've had personal discussions with that I would never, ever name, but told me that it was an issue. A lot of people were actually concerned about Prince's health and his welfare. A lot of people were, which I might add is not necessarily the case for everybody in his camp. There were some people that were not concerned, not that they weren't concerned, but they didn't take what was going on very, very seriously. That was the biggest thing. That was the issue. Um, again, there were plenty of folks, plenty of stories about reported erratic behavior, um, I've heard all kinds of stories, all kinds of hearsay stories about this, that, and the other. Uh, but a lot of it I, I have actually heard on audio interviews that are still out there to this day talking about all kinds of different things that were going on. But I, I just think he was in a lot of pain, and that's just how he was he was dealing with it. And those stories kept coming from various sources and different stores, sources, and they kept being documented over and over again all the way since – mid nineties, I want to say. So this is something that's been going on for over 20 years with him. He just so much. I mean, if you think about everything that that man did from the stage and the, the rigor and everything that he put himself through 
from jumping off the stages to these to never sleeping to he, he just he really put himself through a lot a lot of pain and physical turmoil and you have to you know if you're not taking drugs if you're not dulling it in, with some form of illegal drugs you're going to go you're going to do what you think is the right thing to do and that's go to doctor and get a prescription but as you get big and as we've kind of see all these stars these mega stars these big entertainment and folks and these big wigs and stuff they can get anything they can get a doctor to prescribe them anything and even to the point where even to the point where it's not healthy for them and even the doctors know it and everything everybody knows it and it's uh it's 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 a lot it's a lot to take on it's just a lot to take on again multiple interviews i mean even i think the last well, i'm not even going to go into all that anyways i believe prince had a problem he was trying to deal with pain and you know whether it had to do with his privacy or if he had capped out on the DEA's crackdown on opioids and he couldn't get what he wanted through prescriptions anymore. And he ended up getting others to do it for him. That could very well be. There was reports going back into the, into the almost, I think it was early nineties or maybe late eighties when his brother, uh, his brother, half brother, uh, Dwayne actually said that he, he did it for Prince. He got them to do you know, doctors do prescriptions for him, for Prince. And Dwayne said he'd do it. Obviously, we know that Kirk Johnson did it. I know this is the first time I mentioned Kirk Johnson. I know, I know, I know. We'll get to him. I am trying to do my best to kind of keep up with a lot of comments, a lot of a lot of people sharing personal stories here on Facebook. Again, if you're just joining us, welcome. We are in a discussion about the mystery of Prince's passing. And we have an active discussion that's going on on Facebook, facebook.com slash Funkatopia. It's an active discussion that's going on there. Feel free to actually uh, get involved in this conversation as I'm kind of talking through some of these things. I'm trying my best to keep up with some of the questions that are coming here. And uh, a lot of people want me to discuss Kirk Johnson, and we are going to get to him. We are going to get to him. Uh, but on the same note, as I said at the beginning, it is my goal to do nothing but to honor the legacy of Prince and not disparage anybody um, without any type of proof. But there are some questions that have to be brought up, and there are some things that have to be discussed. And we are going to discuss that. I see a lot of people saying, discuss, uh, discuss him, discuss it. Uh, we're going to get to it. We're going to get to it. Um, you know, anyways, there's that. Um, again, a lot of, he's surrounded by a lot of enablers and there are just some people who just, you know, they, they're not, they're not people who meant to cause him harm, but they were people that were willing to do whatever he asked. It's Prince. I, I don't, I don't think that there's many of us, if we were in the same situation, I know with hindsight being 2020, I get that with hindsight being 2020 and us knowing what we know now and realizing the, the extremity of the problem uh, after the case, I, I realized that we all would say, no, no, I certainly would have confronted him. But I think that in the, in the spirit of honesty, if we are there and we are having a one-on-one -on -one with Prince and Prince is like, look, I, I, I'm having a lot of back pain. I, I really don't want to, I really don't want to go to CVS. I, I, I can't, I can't go over there. They can't know, you know, I, I don't want 
my business out there. Is there any possible way that I can get this doctor to just write you a prescription and, and you can just bring it to me because I really need to deal with this pain. This, I mean, this is Prince begging you and saying, you know, please, can you help me out? I don't know that any of us would not have done the exact same thing. Um, we would have hemmed and hawed and he may have had to talk us into it. Uh, but the reality of it is it's just, you know, it, 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 it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, but anyways, there were a lot of pill bottles everywhere. Okay. Uh, I already see some questions. I already see people already saying to me, uh, are you saying the prince was a drug addict? Are you saying that? No, that's not what I'm saying. I am not saying that. I am saying that he did have to have some prescription drugs in order to deal with his pain. And I think that things just started steamrolling. I think things started getting a little bit out of control. And um, um, I, I, I know these are not, uh, uh, Keely, these are not proclamations. I'm not making proclamations. These are all assumptions. These are all, uh, we know there were, we look at the investigation. We know that there were pill bottles everywhere. There's no way to deny that. We see them. Uh, there's some that have Prince's name on them. There's some that have Kirk's name on them. There's some that have uh, other people's names on them. Uh, it's it's right there in the crime scene photos. There's people that say, oh, well, those crime scene photos are, or those, I can't say crime scene, but uh, those photos are staged. They're not what they are supposed to be. Well, if you can say that, then you also kind of have to disprove a lot of the other things that are, are going on as well. I'm already seeing it on here. People are saying people are saying that those pill bottles were planted. I can't say this. There were some suspicious things that I can't really speak to because obviously I'm not I wasn't part of that investigation, but there were some unusual things. There were two pill bottles from Kirk Johnson that were in Prince's luggage. And they were two pill bottles that weren't for anything like Oxycontin or anything like that. They were just two random, I think one was vitamin D12 and one was something else. And it was inside of Prince's luggage. So if you're going to go with the theory, or if you're going to lend credence to the theory that those pill bottles are planted, that would probably be a very good place to start because why in the world would there be pill bottles from somebody else in your luggage, especially ones that aren't for pain? They're for really specific types of, of, of things. Most because Kirk was a, Kirk was a, a trainer, a fitness trainer. So that being the case, some of those things lent themselves to, to fitness training, the vitamin D12 and some of the other things. I, I, I just don't know. I don't know. This is where things start to get really, really hairy right here is because we're having all these discussions and this is where we start to kind of cross a line where a lot of people get upset with me because I'm even, even mentioning any of these things. And again, I'm trying to be as respectful as I possibly can with not only you, the listeners, but also with Prince's legacy, but I'm also trying to be, I'm trying to, to fill in all the blanks here as best as I possibly can 
without upsetting as many. I, I, I told you there's no possible way that I can get through this broadcast without ticking off somebody. It's just not possible. It literally is not possible for me to get through this conversation without making somebody, somebody mad. There's some other questions here. Jeannie's bringing up one. What about his clothes being on wrong? Could he have rushed out? And I mean, let's face it. We've never seen really Prince in anything other than that love letter that I saw from Andy Allo, where she talks about the fact that he used to walk around with <laughs> socks and sandals. I've never seen Prince not dressed to the nines, even when I mean, nothing, even when he was just going from his car into a venue where there's almost no possibility that anybody could probably see him, even though I did, he was dressed to the nines. So the question about, so the question about whether or not, um, why, you know, why his clothes were on wrong. I, I honestly don't know. I honestly, honestly don't know. Um, anyways, uh, there's a lot of chatter on here on Facebook. Uh, people basically referring to the investigation. Uh, yes, I have actually read the investigation. I read the investigation almost a, over a year ago, though. Uh, so I wasn't about to go through it all over again. Uh, however, I did kind of go through and try to refresh my memory on a lot of the things that uh, were in a lot of the things that we are that the public still isn't fully aware of. And there's there's more. There's more. We we haven't even begun to scratch the surface. I know that a lot of people are chomping at the bit with a lot of specific pieces of information that they feel are really the smoking gun or they're very, very damning and I haven't gotten to them yet. I'm going to get to them. There's multiple explanations for things like wire is closed on wrong. And I, I'm seeing some of them here. Kevin John, he maybe he wasn't dressed at the time and they covered him up to, you know, to dress him. And, you know, they weren't really concerned about whether or not his shirt was on the right way or whether or not, you know, so, you know, there's the, the unusual part of the thing where there was no death certificate released. There was no toxicology report released. There's all these things that are extremely suspicious that really kind of are just very questionable. Very, very questionable. Uh, Angela is saying uh, there was an interview where Kirk said that he dressed him because he didn't want photos of how he was found. Uh, Kirk asked police of how he could dress him, and it was rushed and half haphazard because he was distraught. So there's that. So once again, yet another explanation as to what possibly could have happened. But anyway, somewhere in the mix, there were pills that were slowly and gradually poisoning him because pills that almost took his life when he left Atlanta and then he had to cancel the show and then uh, he came back. Of course he said he had the flu then, then he came back and then you had that plane landing, which some people here are saying that the plane, the whole plane landing was staged that there was, I don't know what the reasoning for is for as far as what that theory is concerned, but some people are saying that that plane landing was staged. Was it? I don't know. I honestly don't know why. Wh why would you think it was staged? Was it what was it setting the stage for? I guess is so. If anybody here has any insight as to what your reasoning is or what your thought is as to why you feel like the plane landing and that whole emergency landing of the plane was staged, please feel free to share. 
I don't know what the reasoning for that would have been. There were witnesses there uh, that corroborated everything. You had Judith Hill who was on there, Kirk Johnson who was on there. Uh, there was also the pilot that was on there, the co-pilot that was on there. There was uh, a couple other people that were on there. There was multiple people that were witnesses of in, in, on that plane, a whole situation. So we all have to accept, obviously, that he, he's no longer here with us. So we, we need to move forward and kind of talk about this. I know we want to let him rest in peace. I, I hear you. I know there's a lot of people here who say, leave this alone. I also hear you, and I respect your view. If someone is in the wrong here and has done something nefarious, as far as regarding Prince's life, I, I, I want to know about it. And I think that's kind of what we're all here to discuss, and it is what it is. So let's start here. Let's start with what we do know. It seems like we've already started. But in reality, we're kind of just scratching the surface and we're, we're, we're still in this, what does Mr. Christopher think? That's where we're at in this conversation. So let's talk about this now. About what, let's, let's go to a reputable news source, CNN, although some people will say that's not a reputable news force, source. Fox News is a reputable news. None of them are really completely reputable. But CNN has done its good fair share of uh, good reporting, and I don't they don't have any reason to kind of sway this one way or the other. So we're going to go with their timeline and talk a little bit about this starting off the gate, which will bring up Kirk Johnson. So we're going to talk about this. I have not looked to see whether or not Kirk is in the mix here with us. There are a lot of people online here on Facebook. There are a, even more people online on Funked Up, listening all around the world. So I have no idea whether or not Kirk Johnson is listening. So I've got to be cognizant of the fact that he may very well be listening and also be respectful of whatever it is he's sitting on. But there's got to be some questions there that we're going to bring up. So let's start on April 14th, okay? April 14th, Dr. Schulenberg allegedly wrote out a prescription for the opioid oxycodone in the name of Kirk Johnson with the intention that the drug would be going to Prince. And that is according to a search warrant. But the attorney for Schulenberg said, that's not true. Schulenberg did not know that it was for Prince, which we already know was a flat out lie. Uh, already out of the gate, we know that it was a, sh a, a flat out lie. That, that was, we know that he knew that it was for Prince. We know that uh, because it actually came to fruition. It came out into the light after this investigation was over. And Schulenberg was fined $300,000 for writing out a prescription out to somebody when he knew it was for somebody else. So at some point in time during the investigation, they knew that, that he knew or he revealed that he did actually know that the prescription was going to be for Prince. So he knew that he knew that I don't think the $300,000 fine. This is me just talking very callously. I don't think that a $300,000 fine matches the crime. I think if you do something like that, especially when it has the end result that this had not to say that those drugs caused Prince's passing. However, it certainly didn't add any solutions to the problem. I, I, I honestly think that you should lose your license. That's that's not part of the hypocrite. I, I, the Hippocratic 
oath is to protect and help people, not like that. I, I end of story. I, I just think that it's just the whole thing stinks to high hell. Uh, Mickey Scott said it was $30,000. I read it was $300,000. $30,000 is nothing. That's like one of his paychecks. If I wrote that down wrong, holy crap, that's even worse. That's a mess. <laughs> All right. Well, so that actually makes it worse. Do you actually think that Schulenberg being fined $30,000 fit the crime? I don't think anybody here is going to. Right. Thank you, Titus, for the Hippocratic Oath uh, line. Do no harm. April 14th to April 15th, Prince falls ill on a flight home from Atlanta. We're actually bypassing the Atlanta show here, which we could probably talk about in a little bit later, but we're, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of in this mix right now. Prince falls ill on a flight home from Atlanta and the plane makes an emergency stop in Moline, Illinois. I see on facebook.com, I mean, facebook.com slash Funkatopia connect to purple dots is in the house and they actually have a link to some of the connecting the purple dots, YouTube videos that actually talk a little bit about that plane landing being staged. I did not have an opportunity to watch that. I don't know that, what that's about, but if you want to click on the video or maybe click on it and save it to watch later, you can. I don't know what that's about. I did not I did not read anything further into that because it seemed like it was a little bit off the beaten path. Anyways, emergency stop in Moline, Illinois. Prince was found unconscious on the plane and was given two doses of Naloxone, is that how you pronounce it? I, I thought it was called Narcon or something. I can't remember what it was called, uh, but it's called, it's spelled N-A-L-O-X-O-N-E, Nalox-1. It's an antidote used to reverse suspected opioid overdoses. Kirk Johnson is on the flight and tells the hospital staff that Prince might have taken Percocet. And one witness said Prince admitted to taking one or two pain pills and Prince refused treatment at the hospital and was released. And we had all heard the story about they got into the hospital. It wasn't really a, a private room. So there was no privacy there uh, due to the emergency scenario and they didn't have an available room. So he just checked himself out. Narcon. Thank you. Uh, is the brand. Angela said Narcon is the brand. So that's going to make it easier when I say Narcon. So, for those of you who are on the radio, you don't see me here with praying hands in front of my face, uh, trying to be very, very careful about what I say next. Regardless of what you say from here, Kirk Johnson was aware that Prince had multiple forms of drugs on him. He's aware that Prince has a problem. Prince is a grown man. I get it. But it's also well known at this point that not only was he aware that he had multiple kinds of opioids on him, but he also helped him get some of them. I, I, ah, oh, this sucks because there's no, there's no good way to say this. Because I love all the purple family. I mean, if this hadn't happened, we would still be, this would, we would be. <sighs> I'm asking questions. I'm, I'm really, I'm struggling with this because 
I, I have no ill will towards Kirk. I, I really honestly don't. I don't know what the scenario is. I really honestly don't. But, he, but he, let's, let's, let's talk about this for a second. Again, I am not here to throw Kirk under the bus or point fingers. I, I am just stating facts that were divulged in the police reports and made public record and questioning some of these things. The prescription that was in Kirk's name for Prince was that you got earlier on April 14th was for oxycodone. When this issue happened with the plane having to make an emergency landing in Illinois, you told, Kirk told the hospital staff that he may have taken Percocet. At this point, Kirk has divulged that he was fully aware that Prince had oxycodone and Percocet on him, one of which he supplied to him. It may have been the Percocet too. I don't know. Or, well, there's two different versions. I actually did look this up. You said oxycodone is, is Percocet, but there's also two different types of things. They're, they're actually they're actually two different types of things because they identify two different types of, of medications and prescriptions as well. I want to be very clear. It's obvious that Kirk was under the impression or, or knew or was fully aware that Prince had multiple different drugs on him. Maybe he felt like he couldn't, man, this is such a delicate subject, isn't it? I, you know, I'm trying to be respectful and I'm trying to also be uh, cognizant of the fact that this upsets a lot of people here. I realize that. I'm so sorry if this is upsetting you. I, I, I promise you. I can't. I can't tell you how upsetting it is for me to have this conversation right now. And it's one of the reasons why I didn't even want to even, why I said this was going to be the last time I, this is why I, I had to do this olive branch because <sighs> Prince saved so many people's lives here not just my life in his music and everything that he brought, but everybody here that's watching this, and this is so difficult to have this conversation. It's tough for me. It's not, and I understand why people felt like they couldn't participate in tonight's conversation because, you know, we, we we're not even past April 15th here in this conversation, I'm already feel like I'm like having trouble trying to hold myself together. I'm not going to, I don't want to sit here and, and, and sob and be, <clears throat> I'm trying to maintain not being emotional. That's where I, I'm, I'm just trying to hold it together here. That's what I'm trying to do right now. Anyways. <sighs> So Kirk is aware that Prince has multiple forms of opioids on him. Plus, there's also the strange, some people saying, planting of two pill bottles that had 
Kirk's name on them. One of them was for vitamin D12. And another one was for a drug called Ondenostron. I'll let somebody look this up because I don't know what this drug is for. It's O-N-D-A-N-S-E-Tron, T-R-O-N. On Dan Set Ron. That's how you, On Dan Set Ron. On Dan Citron, I don't know what that's even for. I don't even know what that is. According to the pill bottles, it said, I'm sorry, vitamin D2. I'm sorry, I put D12 in here, D2. But according to the report, in Prince's luggage, that's labeled Peter Bravestrong, scientists unsheathed one of two orange prescription vials with the label listing Kirk as the intended patient, Dr. Schulenberg as the prescribing doctor. The first bottle was a bottle, a bottle listed as vitamin D2. I'm reading the police report. I'm reading it verbatim. But I, I said D12. That's not correct. Vitamin D2. And in that bottle, there were seven green pills stamped 194 and eight white slash cream capsules marked G1 slash 8 or 1 8th. They tested him for fingerprints and DNA. Nothing. The second prescription was a bottle of the Ondenostron HC, which only had one yellow tablet in it. So why? Why were there empty bottles in Prince's possession unless they were to kind of, you know, possibly, unless two things. One is, like you guys are saying, like I'm seeing some here, they were planted. That they wanted them to believe a certain, you know, a certain thing happened. They wanted maybe somebody that was part of the, the scene uh, at the crime scene, I guess is what we'll call it, uh, wanted to make it look like Prince had taken these prescription drugs. And But why would you do that? Why would you plant prescription bottles that had your name on them that would implicate you in this? So there's that. Um, I, I don't, again, all speculation. All speculation as to what happened, but that's what was there. On April 16th, Prince hosts a dance party at his at Paisley Park and makes a brief appearance, as I said, kind of showed off his new purple piano that Yamaha had given him, which was beautiful, by the way. And he announces to everybody, wait a few days before you waste any prayers. I've already said my piece on this. Highly suspicious to specifically invite people from everywhere, from all corners of the country, even outside of the country, to come here for a dance party. Not a concert, just a dance party where we're going to sit around and listen to music and hang out. It's just real specific invites for people to come out. And you're not even really going to spend a whole bunch of time with people, which is just unusual. And he seemed to be meeting with a lot of people. So there's that too. I know that I just got done interviewing CeeLo Green uh, a few weeks ago. CeeLo says that after the show in Atlanta, Prince found out that he was there, him and his wife were there, and brought them backstage, and he was nothing but cordial. He looked a little frail, but CeeLo really didn't think too much about it. He said, you know, it kind of looked, he was fine. He didn't, you know, there was nothing that, you know, he just got done doing a show, and, you know, he's, 
you know, getting up there in age like we all are. And he just, you know, he just got done performing two shows back to back. And it's, you know, that's, and he was still a little bit under the weather. So he just kind of wrote it off as that. But he, you know, he did say that he kind of looked a little bit frail, but that was it. There's nothing really that's really evident. But after the whole plane debacle, and then people were just freaking out online going, oh my gosh, is he okay? Is he all right? Then he invites all these people out to Paisley Park to talk, just to come out for the better part. And I think Jeremiah, uh, Dr. Funkenberry can probably speak a little bit better to this. And I think that he did when, when he was on the show a few months ago. You know, he, he really didn't come out and say much of anything. So it was kind of unusual for him to go out of his way to kind of make sure that all these people came out. But anyways, all that being said, it, it's just suspicious. Just it's just it kind of fits in this whole timeline of I, I don't understand why you would do that. But then there's a lot of things throughout Prince's career that you can ask, why are you doing that? Uh, anyways, so next step, a few days later, April 20th, Prince is seen by Schulenberg again. One court document says that Kirk Johnson had contacted the doctor to see Prince about hip pain and Schulenberg prescribed medications. And Johnson went to Walgreens to pick up Prince's prescriptions and allegedly told investigators it was the first time that he had ever done that for Prince. We know that's not true. We know that's not true on the other side of this investigation. He had done that for Prince already. Not only a week ago, he had just done that. So we know that that part's not true. This is where it gets wonky. April 20th, Dr. Howard Kornfeld, a California addiction specialist, is asked by Prince representatives to help the star. Kornfeld sends his son, his son, a non-physician on a red-eye flight to Minnesota carrying a drug used to treat opiate addiction. I want you to keep in mind something here. The Betty Ford Clinic in Chanhassen or near Chanhassen is literally less than 15 minutes away from Paisley Park. It's like 15 minutes or less. So this is where, this is the biggest part of the contention though. An internationally recognized addiction specialist that is being reached out to by Prince's staff, Kirk. And instead of, he's got a scheduling conflict. So instead of opening his book and looking at, or even going to Google for Christ's sake, opening up his book and looking up another physician or counselor or addiction person that he, he certainly has to know fellow addiction specialists. He certainly has been to conferences and knows other addiction specialists that are as good or better than he is that he could have given him. Instead, he sends his son, who, A, is not a doctor. He's not a physician. He's not a doctor. He's, for all we know, for all we know, Kornfeld's son could have been a Prince fan. And when he found out that Prince was one of his dad's patients, he said, oh, let me take it. Let me take it. 
Because that's the only thing that makes sense. <laughs> that is the only thing that makes sense. Why you would send your son who's not even a doctor, who doesn't even have the capability to even give a Narcon shot if Prince needed it. It doesn't even, it, it doesn't, that part does not wash. It doesn't wash at all. It doesn't make sense. There's no reason why. There's none of that. That part, as many people are, are indicating here on Facebook, it's illegal to do what he did. And it's just, it's just illegal. And here's somebody, uh, here's Amy Smith is on the Facebook thing. She says, I am a registered nurse. And when I worked in home health, we were never allowed to transport or remove our patients meds for any reason, for any reason. So here's something illegal that's happening. He's handing his drug, these drugs to his son to take across the country over to Prince to kind of help him through this opioid thing. But again, he's not a doctor. He doesn't have a degree in any of this. Why is he being sent? It makes no sense. That's just makes no sense. On April 21st, Andrew Kornfeld, who is the son of Dr. Kornfeld and others, find Prince, who was 57 at the time, unresponsive in an elevator at Paisley Park. Schulenberg. Prince's doctor arrived on the scene at the at some point, according to the search warrant affidavit, and he tells the detective he was there to drop off test results and that he had prescribed medications that were to be filled at Walgreens. That story changed quite a bit by the time we get to the end of this investigation, and the details of it changed also, like a lot, like what they said, what was going on. Uh, the other thing about this is that the story, the, the son, Andrew, his story completely changed. It went totally sideways. It, it just went totally sideways. Um, and I think at this point, you got a lot of cover-up going on. A lot of cover-up. Here's another part of this. I, I, I kind of... I kind of want to fast forward a little bit because I kind of want to get to the, the end part of this because it, it not the end end part of it, but the end part of this timeline on June 2nd, the Minnesota medical examiner announces that Prince had died from an accidental overdose of fentanyl, which is obviously the powerful opioid painkiller. That's up to 50 times. What, 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 what's their tagline? 50 times more potent than heroin. The autopsy report says Prince administered the drug himself. That's what the autopsy report says. I am curious, before I go, before I start talking about this, for those that have seen the scene photos, the crime scene photos, there is a patch that is on Prince's leg and on his arm that look like, I guess, ivy tabs or something. So at some point in time, I guess Prince was giving himself IVs or this sounds very, very eerily similar to the stuff that was going on with MJ. I'm just saying, but a lot of people 
are saying here that they believe, and I've seen it mentioned a few times, I have not, I have not confirmed or even acknowledged what people are saying here that Prince had cancer or they believe that Prince had cancer. He was dealing with it. He was dealing with the pain. Uh, it was definitely starting to take its toll. It was starting to slim him out. It was starting to look, make him look more of a shell of a person, uh, which is what we all, we all saw it. We, we all saw how he was looking. We all saw uh, how whatever it was that was going on with him, whether it was the drugs or whether it was some other type of ailment uh, was taking its toll. We all saw it. We saw it. We watched it. Uh, we watched it happen. Beth asked, were those EKG electrodes, EKG tabs? But if he's already passed, he'd have already responsive. I'm not sure. I don't understand what why they would have been there. And Leanne asked, why did they shock the ankle? But the other thing too was, why would they, if he was already passed, if he had already gone on, why, if he already passed away, what was the need for those? I don't know. I guess they were taking, according to Keeley, because they were taking for a pulse. Seems like there's other ways to do that. Back to the story. Here's where things start falling apart. The amount of fentanyl that was found in his system was, I can't remember what they said. It was reportedly so much, and I'm sure that the people on the Facebook page here are going to say it. They're going to tell me. It was enough to kill like three blue whales or like a dozen elephants or something like that. I don't know. Um you cannot take that quantity of fentanyl unless it's like, you know, straight 100% fentanyl in like a BC powder type of, you know, envelope and you just down it. There's just no way. It's just, it's just not, it's not. And if that, if there was anything like that, they certainly would have found it. They would have found it in his throat. They would have found it in his mouth. They would have found it. That's not what was going on. There was something else going on for that quantity of fentanyl to be in his system. There was something else going on. Um, Tori says there was enough to kill eight elephants. Jasmine says, you don't know a lot, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. You're right, I don't. Which is why we're all here. Because we're all here to kind of look together. According to Lisa, you can die from a half a pill. But with that amount of fentanyl, fentanyl, a lot of people believe that he was slowly poisoned over time. And that was whatever he was taking, wherever he had gotten it from, was just slowly starting to build up in the system. And it was just, it was in his stomach. It was all, it was all through. It was just not, it was not just in one place. It was all over. This could have been if he was erroneously taking something that he shouldn't have been, uh, which could have started the week before the Atlanta show. That caused him to cancel the shows. Uh, and then, of course, it started the whole chain of events with that, again, with that first cancellation with Atlanta uh, of having the flu. And then, of course, he does the Atlanta show. He's feeling better. He does not have enough energy or stamina to do an after party, which is perfectly fine and understandable. It was an amazing show. All that to be said, he still did two shows. And then, of course, the emergency plane landing on the, and and of ultimately his passing on April 21st. It was, it seemed like it was a slow and gradual self-induced poisoning. A lot of people want to scream foul play. We've had people on the show before. I will not mention names because even the mention of names sends people into a spiral, but there was people saying 
They believe the chef was poisoning him. Uh, they believe all kinds of different theories and conspiracies that people were trying. I, I just don't believe that for an instant. I do not believe that anybody meant any type of ill will towards, towards Prince. Even the people that had been slighted by Prince for music rights and things that they legitimately could have been angered and ticked off about still loved Prince like with all their heart and soul. So I don't believe for an instant that there was anything that was going on like that. That's just my thought. An official close to the investigation tells the Associated Press, which is where this part of the timeline comes from, that some of the pills taken from Paisley Park were counterfeit drugs that contained fentanyl, there were dozens of pills that were found at the scene, including some that also contained the drug U47700. Uh, the official also said Prince had no prescription for any controlled substances in the state of Minnesota in the 12 months before he died. Authorities were still investigating the source of the drugs, many of which Prince had with him during the April 15th stop in Moline when the plane had to make an emergency landing. I don't know if you missed that, but... It said, Associated Press said, none of the drugs in the pill bottles that they found in his house were prescribed to him. He had not taken out a prescription in 12 months in his name, in the past 12 months. None of the prescriptions that had anything to do with anything that was going on were actually prescribed to Prince. They came from somewhere else. They came from Kirk. They came from other sources. I don't know where they came from, but they were not legitimately and legally prescribed to him. That's pretty, that's pretty significant. Could he or someone have ordered them online? Possibly. But one of the surprising things with those Carver County records is that there is a huge section of his search activity and his Google data activity that were withheld from the public. So they did not, that was part of the record and they quickly redacted it to the, and, and quickly enough where nobody even got an opportunity to even see them. But you can order all those things online. You can order everything online if you want to. No idea what the sources are, no idea where you're going to get them or what the quality of them are or how clean they are or any of that stuff. But It is what it is. Phaedra, who I see being mentioned now in Facebook, was Prince's business manager at the time, and she had all of his hard drives wiped clean. When they got there, when they actually did the investigation, and when they were going in to, with their search warrant, all of that stuff, according to the police records, were all wiped clean, like completely, totally clean. It's not known whether or not it was wiped clean for financial reasons, which is the primary concern that a business manager would have. Or if it was because of the fact that she wanted to hide some of his, some other improprieties, I don't know what it was. But when the Carver County showed up with the search warrants, all that stuff was wiped clean. Wiped clean. Gone. Gone, gone. Gone, gone, gone. 
April 17th, 2017, we're a year later. State search warrants and affidavits are unsealed, painting a picture of Prince as a man struggling with addiction to opioids. That's what they made it look like. That's what the news place made it look like. And that was essentially the final word that we were all given, that the public was given. Now, obviously, we're a little bit different scenario here because we are all hardcore Prince fans. We want to know the absolute truth. But for the majority of us outside of this bubble, everybody that you know at work, your friends and family that aren't necessarily Prince fans, they know that you like Prince, but they're not really into Prince like you're into Prince. They have been given the narrative that Prince was a drug addict. Prince was addicted to opioids and he died as a result of it. End of story. Next. Oh, by the way, there's a new album by Lady Gaga. For those of us who want more information and want to look a little bit deeper into this situation and try to really kind of uncover this, there are just some weird things that are just don't make a whole bunch of sense. And there's still more about Kirk Johnson that we got to talk about. Because if you want to wrap it all up and just go with what they tell you, that's perfectly fine. That may buy you some solace, but for for a lot of people that really want to know the absolute truth, they're they're hiding a lot of stuff. There is a laundry list of things that Carver County posted on their website. Um, if you look at that website, uh, that um, so website princeinvestigationfile5.com. That's princeinvestigationfile5.com. Dot com. If somebody wants to type it in facebook.com, uh, wants to type it in the thing so people can go there. Uh, there is a, a list of things that were posted up there, like phone interviews, interviews with the Weltons, interviews with uh, Aspars, the uh, interview with Kirk Johnson's, uh, Kirk Johnson, all types of interviews and uh, things that were up there that for some strange and unknown reason, they took it down. They decided that whatever it was, I don't think it was a scenario where they took it down because, oh, this is this is worthless. People don't want to hear this. It doesn't lend any credence to anything. Most of the time when they do that, it's one of two reasons. The first reason is, is because whoever is on those records or whoever is the person, the other person on this recording has filed suit against the department and wants it taken down to protect their privacy. The second reason would be is because it's cover-up and they don't want people to hear it because it conflicts with other things that people have heard or other things that have been unveiled in the case. So you have these two things that are very, very suspicious about how they actually Right. I'm seeing all people saying uh, people interviews with Larry Graham that were on there. interviews with there was multiple interviews with Kirk Johnson, multiple interviews with the security guards that were on on site that night when it happened. Security guards that had a pretty significant parts of the story that were covered up and. OK, there's all types of things, all different types of things. Anyways. Among them is a recording of a, of a woman by the name of Vera Morgan 
And I know that, and again, I'm not here to disparage anybody. I'm not here to say anything about anything. This is, this is, these are words that are coming out of these people's mouths that are on recording that are out there for public viewing and listening. This is not hearsay. You can hear it come out of this person's mouth. If you go to that Prince investigation file 5.com, you can actually go and you can listen to this audio recording of Prince's business manager, uh, Vera, Bre um, not uh, Vera, Vera Morgan. There was a, another woman. I can't remember the, the other woman. Uh, before that came on before Phaedra that was talking about all different types of improprieties that were going on, all kinds of like fishy business deals and things like that that were going on that kind of caused some suspicion. But then there was another voice call from Vera Morgan who talks about being at the NPG Music Club and witnessing, she names a bunch of people that were sitting at this table and one of which is a gentleman by the name of Mark, who was a very, very well-known counterfeit drug dealer. And it's and she names some other people that are sitting at the table. I am not going to name those people because I am not part of that conversation. And there are people that are sitting at that table that I admire, so I don't want to go there. But this Mark person, I don't know who this Mark person is. But it talks about him and the fact that he is very, very well known in the area or region or something for dealing counterfeit drugs. And they're having some type of discussion. And she does a long discussion about, about Mark. And if he is this missing piece, and this person, this Mark person has totally disappeared off the face of the planet. Totally disappeared off the face of the planet. But he could very, very well be the missing link to this whole scenario. I'm, I am putting, a lot of people are asking where, where you can see this. It's Prince Investigation Aisle5.com is where they actually have all those. And there it is right there. I just posted it. Prince Investigation Aisle5.com where you can actually listen to these recordings. This dude could very well be the missing piece. He, it could, it could definitely fill out the narrative about Prince not being able to get the prescriptions that he felt like he needed. And maybe somebody, this is all speculation, maybe somebody, I won't say who that somebody could be, somebody went to this Mark guy and got something that it could that could be it. That could be it. He could be the missing piece. But that particular conversation was originally pointed, uh, was originally posted by Carver County on their website, and then it was taken down. But during that period of time when it was posted, luckily some Prince fans grabbed it and then re-released it, and there it is. So, you know, a lot of people are... You know, say, well, you know, when you started this, you were saying, oh, well, you believe that it was just accidental and this, that, and the other. Yes, I still believe that. I still believe that Prince had no intention or anything to have taken whatever he took, the fentanyl. Um, he knew that something was wrong. He was treating something. If he was treating something beyond his pain, I don't know. I That's all speculation. I have no idea. Uh, all I know is that I think he knew that his end was near and he was wrapping up a lot of things and uh, it just happened to catch up to him. 
That's what I believe. But again, still more details because, uh, again, you can find all this stuff on the Carver County website. You can actually, um, you can actually go to YouTube and to, to talk about, to listen to that conversation I was saying about Vera Morgan, you go to YouTube and search for Vera Morgan called detectives and you'll find it should be the first thing there, but you can also get it on that Prince investigation file 5.com along with some of the other ones that, that somehow they managed to capture before they were taken down. Uh, on February 7th, 2018, attorneys for Prince's siblings file a motion to view the investigative data saying their time is running out to file a potential lawsuit in Illinois. A motion to review the autopsy data is filed the following day. Carver County attorney Mark Metz on February 9th objects to release that data saying that the criminal investigation is ongoing. Keep in mind that Prince at this point was cremated like, what was it, one day or two days after he was found found in the elevator. So, and as for the data, that was already sifted through and edited at this point. And you know, this is what we're going to allow you to hear. And that's that. March 22nd, again, we're in 2017, Metz, Metz is, is the, the detective here, issues a statement saying he'll make a decision on charges in the near future. A few days later, on March 26th, the AP, Associated Press, publishes details from a confidential toxicology report that sheds light on just how much fentanyl Prince had in his system. The report says the concentration of fentanyl in Prince's blood was 67.8 micrograms per liter, and the level in his liver was 450 micrograms per kilogram, both way, 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 way well above what the report indicated could be toxic. It's exceedingly high. We already discussed that already. March 28th, a judge allows attorneys for Prince's family to the view the, all the data that Carver County has been gathering up to this point. And on April 19th, Metz announces that no charges will be filed. So let's talk about a couple things here. We'll bring up Kirk Johnson's name again. A lot of people ask, and rightfully so, and this is where I'm going to kind of turn it over to the commentary here. And again, I want to I want to take a moment, take a break just for a second. Everybody take a breather. I know this is a lot. This is a lot to take in. It is it's it's a lot. It's a lot to take in. It's a lot to absorb. We all have our independent beliefs on exactly what happened to Prince. Some people say that he took his own life because there were some things that were going on and he was tying up a bunch of things. And then he, he, that was, that was what he, that seems, even though people refuse to believe that, that seems to be something that would make the most sense due to everything that was just so happenstance with from the day that he died to when he died and where he died and how he died and everything that he tied up, all the amends that he made, everything was just all, it was just packaged up in a way that makes that not seem such a far-fetched thought. But like many people, including myself, I, I don't, I don't want to believe that Part of me wants to believe that, and because of the, and the only reason why I would want to believe that is because I would want to believe that Prince left on his own terms. 
I would prefer to believe that Prince was not murdered, that he didn't die by accident, that he was able to, again, leave on his own terms. There's other people saying that he was from another planet, that he was an alien and that his, his time was up. And that's just, he just checked out. I believe that too. I, I want to believe that he left on his own terms, that he did everything that he came to do, that he felt like it was done and it was over. But I don't like the suicide word. I don't like that. I don't like it at all. It 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 it, it angers me and frustrates me, and it it ticks me off just like everybody else here. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. I totally understand you. I totally understand why people press against that. But when you look at it from the when you look at it from the view of him being able to call his own shots and do what he wanted to do because what he felt was best for him it kind of makes it a little bit easier of a, of a view, but we still have some questions that remain unanswered. Primary question being the will, but let's get back before we, before we talk about the will, let's talk about why Kirk Johnson probably was never charged. If anything, if any of you here were involved in this debacle and your name was on those prescription bottles, we absolutely would have been charged with something. We absolutely would have been charged with something. We absolutely would have been charged with something. But there's a piece to this story with Kirk Johnson specifically that is uh, unusual. He was a fitness trainer. And one of the people that he was training was Prince's doctor, Schulenberg's wife. Schulenberg's wife loved Kirk. They flirted quite a bit on Facebook. It's well documented. It's, it's there. There was a bunch of, a lot of things, a lot of people believe there was some serious back scratching going on there. There was some kind of attorney. No, it wasn't a Schulenberg. It was, it was an attorney or something. Uh, but anyways, you guys can fill fill in those details, but supposedly the wife of was it a doctor or wasn't an attorney? I can't remember. I'll have to relook at this. But he was training this this wife and and somehow managed to get one heck of a cover up and and just protect himself like crazy. Thank you, Mark Metz, his wife. Sorry, prosecuting attorney's wife. Thank you so much. I was my my I was in a brain fart area. The prosecuting attorney's wife, Metz's wife, was being trained by Kirk. Metz was the one that announced that there would be no charges filed on anybody in this case. If it were you or if it were me, we probably would have been charged. We probably would have been charged. But I'm Pretty sure when all this went down, that was probably the first place that Kirk went was to talk to Metz. And not to say that Metz didn't talk to him because Kirk is part of this investigation. I am not here to soil the reputation of Kirk. I just I just would like to know what the story is. 
and Kirk has the story. Kirk has the full story. He knows exactly what happened, probably realizes that if he divulged what happened, that it could implicate him. Uh, but what made it more suspicious, when he was asked anything about the case, he pled the fifth. The problem with people pleading the fifth is that if you don't give us the answers that are being asked, then that leaves it up to us to fill in those blanks for you. When you're asked those questions, especially in a deposition, it is your opportunity to give clear and concise answers in order to protect yourself and explain your side of the story. Here's some of the conversation from that deposition. This is going to get redundant. I'll stop after a minute. But I want you to kind of hear how this deposition goes. Again, something you can find on that website. The person that's doing the deposition is a gentleman named by the name of Mr. Getz. He presumably has some type of prior knowledge of, of Kirk's ongoing consulting role at Paisley Park. And he asks Kirk, are you currently employed outside of the home? Kirk replies, I plead the fifth. Did you know Prince Rogers Nelson? Fifth Amendment. I will refer to him as Prince if that's all right. When did you first meet Prince? Fifth. How long did you know him? Fifth. Did you have a relationship with him from the time you met him until the time of his death? Fifth Amendment. Thank you. Was your relationship with Prince, what was your relationship with Prince during the last years of his life? Fifth. Were you employed by Prince? Fifth. Could you please give me a complete history of your employment with Prince, starting from the time you might first have been employed by him until the time of his death and the positions you held with him? Fifth. Did you know him as a friend before you were employed by him? Fifth. Were you a musician for Prince? Fifth. Were you a manager for Prince? Fifth. Either a musical manager or a stage manager, program manager, business manager, or any kind of manager? Fifth. And if so, the details of such. This goes on for pages. And then there's a deposition that follows this. There's a deposition that follows this where he does the exact same thing. They ask him an entire line of questioning, even to stuff that we already know. Did you work for Prince? Did you used to play in Prince's band? He's pleading the fifth even in those questions. Why? I guess because maybe he feels like if I plead fifth across the board, then it doesn't look like I'm being selective when he asks me questions that directly are tied to with this investigation. And because if I only plead fifth to those questions, then it really looks suspicious. But in this particular case, I'm just going to say fifth amendment across the board. Why? I, I just, if there's no guilt, if you're not guilty, and I'm not saying you're guilty. I'm not. I swear to God, Kirk, I'm not saying you're guilty. I swear to you, I'm not. I, I think you're an amazing musician. I I love the work that you've done. I, I, don't I, I don't even know you. I don't even know you as a person, but I'm just trying to give you an idea of perception. If there's nothing to hide... Even if it's, you know, if it's Prince's honor and you're 
hiding things in order pr to protect Prince's honor, that's one thing. But to plead fifth on even questions that we already know really comes across as very, very suspicious. I see somebody here saying, uh, somebody here saying, Kirk knows the prince is alive. That's another theory. And let me just go ahead and say this. Prince, if you're out there and you are alive, we are so happy to hear that you are alive. Even with everything that's gone through, we're, we're going to be a little bit ticked for sure. Uh, but if you're okay, we're okay. I That's all I got to say. Yeah, it'll be a heck of a TMZ story. And it will forever go down in history as the most amazing. I don't even know what the word for it is. But uh, anyways, so many theories. But the reality of it is, is that Kirk has the answers. Kirk has so many answers. He has so many answers. And he's quiet. He's dread dreadfully quiet and a lot of people are saying if he's if he is alive then how do you explain how do you explain the pictures that were taken at the scene you got people here conspiracy theory saying all that was staged everything was staged the timing of it was staged the everything leading up to it to kind of create this momentum was all staged or saying everything was staged. But like uh, some people here are saying, like Lynn Ross, she's saying he would be miserable to never be able to perform again. She couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. It's in his blood. He's a performer. He has the gift of music flowing through his veins. There is no way that he could go without performing and not it would just be, I, I just can't even imagine. I can't imagine what it would be like for him. Fact of the matter is, if he has passed on, which he has passed on, as we know, he has passed on, even if he has not and he's alive somewhere, he's never going to divulge that. So it's done. We're, 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 at, we're at the finish line, so it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. we got all these different things. Um, Again, the scrubbed call from the audio 911 call from Andrew Kornfeld when he got there and he found Prince unresponsive. Uh, there was a 911 call from Andrew Kornfeld, and that was removed from the internet. I'm seeing there's other things, people saying no copy of a certificate, a death certificate released. There's no tox toxicology report released. When I said that before, everybody here said you can see it online. It's there, it's right there. So I, you know, there, there's some, there's a lot of inaccuracies here. Okay. And there's a lot of theories, but the reality of it is, is that he is gone. He has left us. It is over, but there are some things that need to be uncovered. Ocean says Kirk and Carrie Metz and Mark Metz and that whole entanglement need to be explored. Okay. They probably have, but they probably have, but at this point, at this point in the game, they've probably covered up quite a bit. But there are some things 
in my opinion, because again, we've talked about all the theories here. We've talked about, we've even gone down the path of saying he's possibly still alive, maybe living on some Caribbean Island somewhere, hiding along with a bunch of recording equipment. And uh, he is still recording and he is pushing new material uh, to Paisley Park quietly and uh, behind the scenes. And it's being released as stuff that was just sitting in the vault. Uh, we've heard all those things, all of those things. The release of Sign of the Time. <laughs> the release of Sign of the Time Super Deluxe has, what was the number? 63 unreleased songs on it. 63? This is the Super Deluxe version of one album. 63? Come on now. That's the same, Well, that's the same thing they were saying about Tupac too, wasn't it? It's like, this man's been gone and seems like a new album comes out every other year. Um, anyways, so where are the questions? Where, where? So let's go ahead and get to some of the questions. I want to open this up. I think I've covered enough. I've covered enough about what I know and of what I've seen here about what I don't know. And the reality of it is, no, I do not follow these conspiracy theories on a regular basis. I do not. I do not. I don't because it's not going to change anything. I would love to have him here. I've still... I had the opportunity to meet him three times. I, I actually got to meet him three separate times. And I still want the opportunity to be able to get on stage and sing with him. I got an opportunity to sing next to him. And, and he heard it and he loved it. He enjoyed it. I've had experiences with Prince, three different experiences or interactions with Prince when he was with us. And I still would love to have more. I've seen Prince 27 times and I still would love to see him every single time that he comes into Atlanta or any other state that touches Georgia. I would travel for sure. Go see him. Absolutely. Without a doubt. But there are people that are just as obsessive as I am that have not even seen him that many times and have never had an interaction with Prince outside of seeing him in concert, maybe. And some people haven't even seen him in concert. So I know there's a lot of frustrations. I know there's a lot of questions that are unanswered. So I'm going to let you ask the questions and hopefully I can, Wally's got me beat. Wally saw him 28 times, but Wally, you were actually in the shows. This is Wally. Where'd you get those glasses, Safford? You were actually inside of the times. You were actually right there. You you've been on tour with the man. So Wally, I, I expect you to beat me in the amount of times I've seen him live. I expect that. So let's ask some questions. Let's get. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's off the subject or not. Let's get to some questions. But let's let's wrap this up. I, I greatly apologize for anybody that I may have offended. I greatly apologize for anybody that felt like even doing this was disrespectful. If you've uninstalled the app or you're not going to listen ever again, just based on me even saying I was going to talk about this topic, all right, well, I guess it doesn't matter because you're not listening. So it's fine. I appreciate everybody that was here. I appreciate all the comments that I'm I'm talking about. Here's what it is, you know. I love Prince, man. I love him to death. I still, to this day, dude, do you see my friggin' wall? 
And this is only a piece of it. I mean, those albums over there, most of those are Prince's albums. Those CDs over there, most of those are Prince's CDs. Prince is no longer with us. Okay? That's not going to change. Whether you want to believe the theory that he is holed away somewhere on some private island in wherever, that's fine. But he's made the decision that it's he's he's done. So we're not it's over. Luckily, the man was a beast in the recording studio and he left us so much music, so much music to listen to and enjoy and absorb. And the fact that this latest super deluxe edition that's going to be coming out in September has got 63 unreleased tracks. That's like getting the equivalent of six brand new albums from the man in one release. The estate has done an amazing job at getting all that stuff together and releasing it because they know what we want here. And I can't, I can't even begin to tell you how much I appreciate the new management that's over there at the estate and everything that they're doing. It's so fantastic. I know that there are always people listening from Paisley Park. Uh, and I want to take this opportunity to say thank you, thank you, thank you so much from not only my heart, but from everybody's heart that's here. I, I We can't thank you enough for continuing to honor his legacy and giving us all this material that we're asking for. And in waves, I mean, we I certainly did not expect uh, that volume of unreleased material to be released to us. So I just, I can't thank you so, so much for everybody that's working over there at the estate. Many, many, many blessings to you. Uh, the other thing too is, uh, so we're going to close this up. Not going to close it up because I'm going to, I'm opening it up to the, to the chat room because there's some questions going on here. I want to know what the story is with all the, the prescriptions that were going in and out with Kirk. I, I really want to understand that. I, I, Kirk, you need to talk. I know you feel like you need to. You, it will it'll implicate you. We need answers. We need to know what happened. We need closure. We need somebody to come out, come out who actually knows something, and say it. And you are one who who is surprisingly has been there for everything that's gone on. You were on the plane during the emergency landing. You discovered Prince's body. You got prescriptions for him. You were in. You were actively involved in his life. You were actively involved in his life, and especially during that period of time, you have the answers, and you need to divulge them. You you need to let us know what that is. That's the first thing. Set your conscience free. Regardless, the truth will set you free. Regardless of if it was an accident, whatever it was, just just tell us. Do you realize how much grief and hurt and emotional turmoil that the whole Prince community has right now as a result of everything that's going on. And you have those answers. You have those answers. I really feel like you need to come to the forefront. I, I I'm, I'm sorry, but that, that that's really legitimately what I feel. I feel like you need to, you need to come, come clean. I think it's important. The will me nor anybody else in the Prince community believes that there was no will. None of us believe that there was not a will. 
Prince was very, very meticulous and very, very protective about his about his work. There's no way, especially if he knew, especially if he sensed that things were coming to an end for him as he's making all these adjustments and he's making all these amends with all of these old people that he felt like he wronged that he needed to kind of work with and reattach himself to that he didn't consider, Oh, well, if I'm gone, I need to properly lay out what's going to happen with all of my music and my estate and everything else. There's no way that he did not die that, that he died without a will. It's just not, there is something going on there. And thirdly, and lastly, and this is, and I'm, I'm only saying this because these are things that are factual things. I'm not going to get lost in a bunch of rhetoric. These are things that are based, these comments that I'm making are based on what's out there, what's available, what's documented. Somebody needs to investigate Mets, just like what's already been said here. There's no way that no charges could have been filed. There were people that were wrongdoing, that had been involved in wrongdoing from Cornfell sending, you know, transporting drugs across the country through his son as a drug mule. <laughs> that wasn't nice. To, to some of this just activity, sorry, Kirk, but you know, some of that stuff is just not, it's not, it's not legal. It's not legal. It's against the law. So how how do you how did you not how those are the questions that I feel stand out the most in all of this. None of this changes anything. None of this changes anything that's happened. So all that stuff is not going to go away. So let me go through. That's kind of where we're at with this. I told everybody at the beginning of this, even during the pre-show, whatever your expectations were for this show, they were not going to be met because we're, we we're only going to discuss what we knew, dabbled in some theory, but did it in a way that can only be presented as speculation and nothing more than that. Absolutely, positively, nothing more than that. So let me look at some of these questions that we have here. If you're listening only on the radio station, please, please, please feel free to join us at uh, facebook.com slash Funkatopia and join in on the discussion. There are so many people on the radio station right now. There are so many people here in Facebook, uh, but there are so many people uh, on the radio station too. So there may be some of the same, but we'll see. Uh, let me look and see what questions... Julian Caesar asked, not Julius Caesar, but Julian Caesar asked, why won't Kirk talk about that day he was found? We don't know. That's one of the reasons, one of the things we, we, we're still asking is that I don't understand why he's in this Fifth Amendment stance. Uh, because normally when people get into this, I plead the fifth, I plead the fifth, I plead the fifth, I plead the fifth, I plead the fifth. A lot of people view this. I know I do as an admission of guilt without saying anything. You don't want to implicate yourself, but on the same note, you don't want to say anything because there are things that you know, but you don't want to know. I don't know. A lot of people telling about how many people, um, Susan Ford says, anyone else remember seeing the dumpster photos from the scene that showed balloons and booze bottles? I did not see that photo, but that would add another piece of the story. Was there a party that happened there that they had to quickly clean up up? After I don't know. Another good question. Another good question. Let's see what else do we have here. Arlene asks, is it definitive that the amount of fentanyl in his system could, couldn't have been through pills? 
Good question. I don't know. I don't know how you formulate fentanyl. I do know that there are some drugs that actually do use fentanyl in a legal and highly regulated way. But that what ends up happening is that they actually had a special matter of fact, that special that was, uh, who was it? Was it, it wasn't CNN. It was like CBS or 2020 when they talked about the day Prince died or how Prince died or what, whatever it was called. And they talked to a guy who was actually making counterfeit pills. And he actually showed you how the counterfeit pills were made. And there was no, you know, you put some of the, the actual medication that it's, you know, whatever it is, oxycodone, whatever it is, uh, into the mix. And then you also put a little bit of, of fentanyl in uh, just for, I, I don't know what the reasoning is that you add it. It's for some type of pain medication. But what they do is, is that, that there's no regulated way if it's made in this counterfeit way. The guy was actually showing that, you know, you could add the Percocet or whatever it is. And then you can add the fentanyl in and they shake it up inside of this milk jug. And then they take stuff from the milk jug and they put it into this tablet maker. And there is no regulation as to how much fentanyl is getting into each pill. And if you get to the bottom of the milk jug and it's mostly fentanyl, then you're essentially just going to kill somebody because there's no there's no real true measurement as to how these people are doing it counterfeit. And if this story is true, that was told uh, on this audio recording from Carver County of them having a discussion with this lady that overheard that this person, Mark, Mark Love, I believe it was the name that has disappeared off the face of face of the planet is a well-known counterfeit drug creator and distributor he has disappeared off the face of the planet. He could very well be a part of this question and, and could answer a lot because if at any point in time, any of these people that were getting drugs for Prince on getting drugs on behalf of Prince uh, happened to, you know, CVS wasn't open. So they called Mark. I don't know. Again, that's all speculation, but it's all documented right there on, well, it was documented on Carver County's website. They took it down because they felt like it would be incriminating, but you can find it. There it is right there. Somebody said, how can you, I just lost it. So how can you wrap this up in two hours? I can't, I can't. We're already beyond two hours. I, and I did a pre-show from seven 30. So I'm two hours and 40 minutes into this already. Uh, but I didn't really say much in, I really didn't say much in the pre-show. I kind of held through. Um, <laughs> Carlos says, Kirk will talk when Prince tells him to talk. That is, again, the speculation that Prince is still with us somewhere. And uh, I doubt, I don't know. Seems like he would have taken somebody with him. Seems like if he was going to disappear, maybe Maite would have disappeared with him or Judith Hill would have disappeared with him or anybody that he loved and spent time with would have disappeared with him because wherever he's at, if he's alive, maybe he's all by himself. I don't know. That's a crazy speculation. Anyways, I, I always thought now don't even start on me. I know that every single person here that's in this Facebook chat room has thought about it. Maybe he is still alive. Maybe he's, you know, just like he, he's hiding out with Elvis Presley. Maybe that's what's going on. Him and Elvis are, are, are sitting on some island somewhere making music and who knows. 
I don't think that's who you would choose to be housed up with on an island. But uh, we've all thought about it. Man, maybe he is still alive and it's still all good. You never know. Susan Fort says fentanyl was made in China. It was on Dateline or 2020. Yeah, it was. I think it, I think Dateline is correct, Susan. I think that was the name. Let's see. A lot of people do not have any love for a lot of people don't have any love for for Kirk, and a lot of this is self-inflicted because of the shadiness of everything that happened with Kirk. People are just. When somebody goes so quiet, that is an integral part of an investigation, especially something that means so much to people like Prince's life. It's such a scary thing, man. It's just you and you're you're making people fill in the blanks for you by being quiet. You pleading the fifth is forcing all of these people to fill in the blanks with whatever their assumption is. And most of those assumptions are not good assumptions. So your biggest save, your biggest and most positive thing that you can do, Kirk, would be to just tell the story. I just fill in the blanks. I know he's waiting and he's hoping that all this goes away. And I just ripped up from the band-aid and it's like, nope, we're back. Shavo said, stop with the still alive part. It it hurts too much. Yes, I understand. I get it. I get it. Just trying to being just trying to bring a little levity to the situation. Kristen Huntington said, too high of a level of fentanyl to have been ingested in pill form. It had to be drank in a liquid to reach the level found in his system that was enough to kill an elephant or eight elephants or whatever it is that we heard. So there was a thought that there's been speculation that he was poisoned, that people were adding it to, that his chef was adding it to his smoothies and whatnot. Uh, but I don't know. I am not a, a chemist. I don't know anything about pharmaceuticals in that regard. As far as fentanyl is concerned, I don't know. I can't, I can't give any credence to any of the things that are being said here about the quantity of fentanyl and how he did it or how he ingested it. I just know that he's not, you know. I don't think it's as much of a conspiracy as many people are leading it to be. I do believe that this investigation was botched. I do believe there are some questions that need to be answered, but I don't think that it's going to get you to anything else other than there is no alternate finish line to this. There is no, oh, that's the answer. That's what's going on. Because the reality of it is, is that there are questions that we just don't know. There, there's, there's so many answers that we don't have. Chaz doesn't have these answers. Connecting the Purple Dots doesn't have these answers. The Prince Investigation File5.com doesn't have the answers. These people do not have the answers. It's all just a gathering of data and then an assumption trying to assess what's real and what's not. Yes, Danielle makes a very, very good point. Danielle LaGraves says the void of his presence was palpable the day he left. I completely and totally agree. There was a certain spirit in the world. There was a certain spirit that was always present whenever he was around. And the day that he passed, it was, I, you, you've picked the exact perfect word, Danielle, palpable. His absence was palpable. Everybody felt it. 
everybody realized at that moment in time that his absence was so palpable. You could feel it in your heart. You could feel it in your soul. It was just so much. I got so many people here also sending me an email that I have not even looked at emails at all. There's a lot of people talking about certain text messages and Jay Korn's book. There is some uh, text messages that were going back and forth between Kirk Johnson and also the investigator at the time. There was, I, I, that I did, I was going to talk about that. There were some text messages and Kirk accidentally sent, was it the investigator? Was it Metz? No, Schulenberg. Uh, Kirk sent him a picture of the MPG Music Club, the stairway, the MPG Music Club, and everyone was like, and it was an accident. He didn't mean to send him that picture. It was like, sorry about the photo or whatever. And there was just some weirdness about that. It was like, why did he send him a picture of the MPG Music Club stairway? My question is, why is that relevant at all? I, maybe there's a question there because it was after his passing and it was during an investigation. Why were you sending a picture of the MPG Music Club stairwell to somebody, whoever it was supposed to go to? What was the purpose of that? What were you what were you communicating? Were you just saying, hey, look where I'm at? I, I so there's again, once again, these weird questions that kind of uh keep coming up. Stacy said, Did the FBI ever get involved? There was an alleged multi-state criminal activity. I don't know if the FBI ever got involved. I would imagine with somebody I don't know the answer to that question. I know that Carver County was there, I know the state of Minnesota was involved. But that is the extent of it. I don't know that this ever went national because everything that ever, everything that occurred, with the exception of the occurrence of the plane doing that emergency landing in Illinois, everything that occurred occurred in Minnesota. Everybody that was in, closely involved in this, from Judith Hill to Joshua Welton to Hannah Welton to Cornfeld uh, to Cornfeld's son to Schulenberg, all those folks with the exception of the sun, Cornfeld or whatever, were all based in Minnesota. So everybody was in Minnesota. So I think that's kind of why that was a central location. I don't know if anybody, does anybody have the answer to that question, whether or not uh, the FBI ever got involved? It was 2020. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Carlos says we all of a sudden calling Prince stupid. No. I don't think anybody said that. I think uh, there was a previous comment that somebody was talking about. Uh, Prince would not have surrounded himself with somebody who, you know, wasn't bright or that didn't have a good head on their shoulders. Kirk's not dumb. Let's be real, real clear. Kirk's very, very. He, Kirk's intelligent. He's got a lot of. He's got a lot of street smarts. Let's put it that way. And I think he knows. I think he has some type of perception as to how people perceive him. I think he's just kind of steering clear and he's probably just going to go quiet. I do know there are some people that he talks with on a regular basis, uh, and but they're not divulging. He's not divulging anything to them. It's just regular conversations or whatever. So anything. Amy Smith said, did anyone explore the reported suspicions of embezzlement at Paisley Park right before his death? Uh, yes, actually, surprisingly enough, the businessman, that one of the scraped conversations that came off of Carver County that, that was stripped off of the Carver County website, one of the audio files that's on that, once again, Prince Investigation File5.com is his, his previous manager 
before Phaedra, who had a little bit of an issue of of Prince doing a cash only concert. She thought it was suspicious. Uh, she had a lot of questions about contracts and and agreements and things, and she felt like there was a bunch of shady stuff going on. And there literally is a 20-minute conversation between her and the investigator talking about some of those shady things. I don't think it ever got any traction because that wasn't what the investigation was about. The investigation was about Prince's passing. And they didn't feel like whatever was being discussed here about any type of shady dealings about you know him doing cash-only concerts. Uh, I didn't like that conversation. If anybody's had an opportunity to hear that conversation, you, you'll hear it too. The person that she was talking, the investigator was talking to, was really being led. The investigator, the person who was the business manager at the time, I can't, was it Deborah? I want to say her name was. She said something to the effect of, yeah, you know, I kind of had some problems with some of the things that were going on in the business side of Paisley Park. And the investigator says, well, what types of things are you referring to? Are you referring to when he was doing the cash only concerts and blah, 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 blah. So she was like leading her. She was like giving her things as opposed to letting her answer as to what her suspicions were. So there was that part of the conversation that really kind of made me a little uneasy. It's like, you're an investigator. You're not supposed to lead people like that. Um, and I think that may have been one of the reasons why that was scrubbed is because that conversation was being, they were being led. Uh, Jill says, you know, Kirk's lawyer told him to be silent. So what is he supposed to do? Well, yeah, he's supposed to stay silent. But again, it doesn't help the perception part of it, Jill. And, and I think, Jill, that's what the problem is, is that people have made up their mind about Kirk's guilt or innocence. And there's not a lot of whole bunch of people that think that Kirk is innocent in this scenario. We we know that he definitely is not. He had he had involvement in this process. We know that, but you know it may not it it, it may not be that big of a deal. It may not be anything beyond getting a prescription for Prince, which is wrong. You shouldn't be doing that, and it's wrong for the doctor to have done that. If there's nothing else that is attached to that instance, then it's not. There's nothing to hide. Uh, so yes, I understand Jill. I totally get it. His lawyer tells him to, to remain silent. And so he's remaining silent. So I get that. Yeah. We already talked about the people are bringing up the people are bringing up the, the, the fact that his shirt was on backwards and his pants were on backwards or something, but that could be explained in a variety of things. Uh, they didn't want, you know, they were about to take pictures and, you know, he wanted him to, he wanted to change him because he didn't want him to be, I don't know. There's, there's, uh, you know, Right. Ocean says Kirk could be 100% innocent with all of his intent, but when he answers questions with, when he, when he doesn't answer questions at all, it, it just raises suspicions. It, it, that's exactly what happens. And it, it's just not a good thing. It's just not a good thing. So that's what causes problems. Uh, again, if, if you're listening online on the radio station, uh, feel free to join us on facebook.com slash Funkatopia and ask your questions. We will address them. We kind of went through a long timeline and I'm sorry that I dragged you guys all through that, but now we're kind of opening it up for people that actually have direct questions, specific questions about anything that we discussed and things that we may not have discussed. And uh, we're going to kind of answer them as best as possible. If I can't answer them, I'm sure somebody in this wealth of people that are here online on Facebook may actually have uh, some answers to some of this. Leanne said, let me, let me make sure I didn't skip anything. Okay. 
Since 2014, there was a full turnover on workers then, very coincidental, business manager, Paisley Park manager, et cetera, from Mickey Westcott. Yes, there was quite a bit of staff changes, as we'll put it, but that's not anything abnormal. Uh, Whenever Prince wanted to make sure that he was surrounded by people that were going to be aligned with whatever his plans were going to be, he did that quite frequently uh, with his bands, with staff. He wanted to make sure that his wishes were always going to be able to be, that nobody's going to be in the way of whatever he wanted to do. Not that anybody would have stood in his way, but there was just some things that were kind of going down. This The business manager that he had uh, from 2013 to 2015, I want to say her name was Deborah. Hopefully somebody can can look that up. When she started questioning a lot of the things that were going on, like the cash only concerts and things like that, and talking about some of the musical, uh, to me, the agreements that, were in place with Warner Brothers versus the universe versus UMG. She was replaced by Phaedra. Actually, from what I understand, she actually stepped down because she didn't agree with a lot of things that were going on. Again, all in the conversation that is on that website that I've talked about a few times. So uh, yeah, there's a lot of other things. Joni says, Joni Comenzo says, are we to believe that if Prince really had a raging addiction that Kirk Johnson couldn't wrestle a pill bottle away from his hands? Come on. P was no addict. No, nobody ever said that he was an addict. What we have said repeatedly in this meeting is that Prince had lots of pain. And if we're to believe from his physical appearance, uh, there was something else going on too. He was looking very, very frail. I mean, from the use of the cane, which is obviously a result of some of his hip issues, but he was looking really, really frail. Uh, there's some photos that were taking, taken that he agreed to take the uh, for the Prince Piano on a Microphone Tour where he's posing with the Yamaha piano where he just simply just doesn't look well. So there was something else going on too. So there's medications that he was taking to deal with the pain and deal with some of the other stuff that he was dealing with. And nobody is going to, if he's in pain and he gets relief from whatever it is that he's taking, nobody wants to wrestle those things away. But the question also still remains, and this should have been on the list of the things that I had questions about. The question also still remains, where did those counterfeit drugs come from? All of those pills that were in those other pill bottles, uh, which could have just been, I mean, I used to hide joints in cassette cases, you know, uh, back in the day. Back in the day, I used to have cassette cases. and Everybody had cassette cases for back in the day. If you, uh, you know, had a blunt or you had, a a joint or something, you would open up a cassette case, especially ones that had the inserts and you would open up the insert and you put the joint in there and you flip it closed and you hide it. (laughs) That's what you did. And it was a good hiding place too, because no cop was going to go through a hundred cassettes to find something. Anyways, the point being is a (laughs) rabbit hole of a horrible rabbit hole. Oh, I hope nobody's listening. Anyways, It's getting to be that time of night. He had these pill bottles for this vitamin D2 and whatever this other thing was. Uh, Somebody had uh, mentioned it. Uh, D2 is a vitamin for a vitamin D deficiency. And that uh, brand name Zofran, that on Dancitron with the brand name Zofran, it's, uh, it's a medicine for nausea and vomiting. Thank you, Michelle, for uh, Michelle GK for for getting me that. But yes, 
he had a decreased appetite. He was uh, facing a lot of nausea. So those were two pill bottles that he had. But the pills that were actually in those bottles had Kirk's name on them, not Prince's. Again, we already know that Kirk was getting prescriptions for him. But also the pills that were inside of those pill bottles were not those pills. Uh, there was something else. So if you go through checkpoint in an airport and cop, cops, you know, the, the security guards there that make $15 an hour or whatever it is that they make sitting there scanning stuff, they're not opening pill bottles and going, is this what it says it is? They look for the pill bottles and that's it. And, you know, unless something's jammed in there, like, you know, whatever. Cher says... Judith Hill's statement was also shady. I did not see uh, Judith Hill's statement, but I do know that she's been also very, very quiet as well. Uh, there's a couple of people I can never expect to ever, ever get on this show, and that would be Kirk and Judith. I, I, I just know that they they go very, very quiet, rightfully so. They kind of feel like they kind of feel like I just don't think Judith was there for a lot of that too. Judith was with him in Atlanta. Judith was uh, Prince and Judith were dating at the time. So Prince was with Judith in Atlanta. Judith was on the plane. Judith was a big part of this. And her story has just as many holes. But I think she was more of just, I think that she was more of just a witness of sorts, just kind of seeing all this stuff kind of unravel. I don't think she had any involvement at all. That doesn't seem like Judith. Judith seems, I don't know Judith, but Deborah D says, how does Van Jones fit into the story? Uh, I don't know how Van fits into the story. I do know that during that particular, let me, let me, I got to pull this up. This is making me nuts. I do know that um, the manager from um, Prince's business manager, pre Phaedra uh, did make a, did make a notation in her interview with the investigator. She did say that, Phaedra and Van Jones, Deborah Johnson, Deborah Johnson, who was Prince's business manager 2013 through 2015, mentioned all this stuff when all this unraveling came through about this concerts being cash only and that she had the issue with all this stuff. She did mention Phaedra and Van Jones were the ones that were pushing for Prince to do these concerts for charities and, she, you know, the way that she said that Van and Phaedra were coming at her were real shady to her. I'm not saying it was shady. I'm saying these are words out of her mouth that she didn't feel she felt like something wasn't right. Something wasn't washing. But you need to listen to that interview again. This is Prince Investigation File 5.com. They actually have this entire conversation, which is a 15 minute conversation with her. And then you have that other conversation that they happen to care happened to capture with Vera Morgan, who contacted the detectives at Carver County to tell her, tell them about this conversation that she had her overheard at Paisley Park at the MPG Music Club with, well, you're going to hear it, Omar Epps and some other people, including this guy named Mark and his wife, who was a well-known counterfeit drug distributor of some sort. Again, this is not me saying this, this is coming out of the mouth of this woman named Vera Morgan. I'm not even sure who Vera is, but she, maybe you guys know who she is, but she gives this whole entire story about what happened. And then there is a another phone call statement from a Theo London. 
And Theo London is, I don't know who Theo London is. You can find more information about that at justice4prince.com. That's justice, the number four, prince.com. There's also an entire hour conversation with him. I, I didn't get a chance to listen to that whole entire conversation. But anyways, Van Jones was in and out of Paisley Park and in and out of the business dealings of Paisley Park for a lot of this. Uh, but it had, none of it is tied to his passing. This just all refers back to what was mentioned earlier. Another question here from Sylvia. What about Taika? She said Prince told her two years before he was he was he was gone that he was going to die. That's according to Taika. I don't know Taika. I met her once at the celebration, I guess a couple years ago, at the Prince celebration movie thing that he did in downtown. But outside of that, I don't, I don't know. I, that's all hearsay. This is Taika saying that Prince said something to her, which now it does match up with all of the chain of events that happened where Prince was talking with, was gathering all these people and making amends of sorts. So there, it does kind of lend a little bit of, uh, validity to some of that and some of the, the chain chain reactions, getting Morris Day to come out, uh, getting Jesse Johnson to come out, getting all these people to come out and just kind of, you know, calling Brown Mark and just kind of just, just again, tying all these things up and making amends with a bunch of people. So timeline wise, uh, that would be, that would fit. But again, I know a lot of people don't feel like Taika is very trustworthy because they feel like she's kind of got her own thing going on. A lot of people, I know there's a lot of perception that people feel like she was jealous of Prince's success because she too is a singer and an artist. Uh, and she really kind of felt like she was constantly living in his shadow. And then of course there's this whole speculation about, you know, she knew that he had a will and something, she did something with his will. And again, that's all just, you know, you guys don't have any proof of any of that stuff. It makes it really, really difficult. Well, why did she lawyer up if there was no will? What's the big deal? And I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the answer to those questions because there's things that are, that have not been answered. I do believe that there is a will. Let's go ahead and make sure, let's make sure that we understand that. I do firmly believe that there was a will. We just don't know what happened to it. Ron Saxton in the house, my good friend, Ron Saxton, who moved to Ohio and uh, refuses to call or um, or contact me anymore. So he kind of left me in the dust. How you doing, Ron? I see you lost my number. <laughs> Let's see what else I got here. I think we're, we're kind of getting to a close. Hey, we've been in this. I, I've officially, we started at 730 with the pre-show. I've been doing this for over three hours. What did Jill Jones say? I don't, I don't know what Jill Jones said. I have no idea what Jill Jones said. So Cammy says we have three more hours to go. Yeah, I don't think so. We're good. Listen, I'm going to wrap this up. Well, we got one final question here from Andrea. I'll address this one and then we'll wrap things up here. Uh, Andrea says, if a will should be found, who would be a trusted person to handle it? That's a really good question. I would believe that you would need to have somebody that was going to be a very, a really good trusted executor somebody that does not have any type of benefits that won't receive any type of, you know, monetary benefits on an ongoing basis, you know, regarding musical music rights that all should go to the estate to keep the estate running. And of course the staff to run Paisley park. And of course 
the daily goings on, like the everything that that goes on there. I honestly don't know. Craig seems like a good good answer to me. What would you, what would you say? I'll, I'll leave that one to Rodney. Rodney would be a good uh, Rodney be a good or maybe Michael Dean. Michael Dean, I think you're still online. Michael Dean may be a good uh, pe- person to ask. Who would be? Are you guys name? Uh, there's many people here who know. Who do you think would be a good executor of Prince's will if they happen to find one? Of course, and at this point, it's kind of too late because they already distributed all the stuff to uh, the remaining heirs, the the who they the heirs that they officially settled on, and some of which, like Taika, have already sold off that portion. Listen, we all miss Prince. I get distraught and upset every day thinking about it. And I don't like to think about it because I used to love the fact that knowing that any day he could announce a tour, that he could pop into Atlanta at any point in time on a whim, that he could do concerts on a whim, release music wherever. I miss the Twitter post that he would do about Funkatopia. I miss the Facebook post that he would do about Funkatopia. Do you know how much, literally whenever he would post about Funkatopia on Facebook or Twitter, it would make my year. It was so amazing to know that I was on his radar. I just, I can't even, it's unbelievable to me. So I miss him. I miss him greatly. And protecting his legacy means so much to me. But I also know that a lot of people who are Funkatopians here feel like I needed to do this show. I told you that this was the only show that I was going to do about this unless there is new information that is released officially in some form or fashion. I doesn't, I don't know. I don't know what it would be, but officially released in some form or fashion in the Associated Press uh, or some type of during the investigation, all types of different things. Mickey said, what Facebook did he have? He had quite a bit. He had one that was Prince something. He had one that was Third Eye Girl. Most of the Facebook posts he did was through Third Eye Girl. So he had a few of them. He would pop in, then delete them. Pop in, then delete them. <laughs> I think the last one that I did, I actually, um, uh, I can't share, I can't share an image, but I actually have an image of the one of the last Third Eye Girl ones that he did for Funkatopia uh, from Facebook. Anyways, or maybe that was a Twitter one. Uh, anyways, it's a lot. It's a tough topic. It's very, very difficult to discuss. There is a lot of theories. I talked about things that I did not want to talk about tonight because I know it upsets people. I know that talking about his passing upsets people. I know that there's probably some things that I divulged tonight that some people didn't even know was an issue. Some people, nope. I saw from some of the comments that I was reading here that a lot of people didn't know that Kornfeld sent his son, who is not even a doctor, over to take care of Prince. I mean, a lot of people didn't even know that. I mean, what the heck? There's so many things that don't make any sense and they won't until somebody figures out who to get to the root of these questions. You're going to have to confront these people and say, you know, answer these questions or, or go to jail. <laughs> we need answers. Oh my God, we need answers. Anyways, just so many things, so many questions, the all end of it being that Prince is no longer with us. And I hate that, but I also feel blessed that, I was able to discover him back in 1983 or 82 and have been following him ever since and that he's given me years and decades of music. He has saved my life with his music. He has, and I know that he saved your life too. 
I know that he's looking down on us and that he is thoroughly enjoying the fact that we're even entertaining these questions. Some of these things may be completely off base and unjustified to even bring up, but because of the fact that some of these things that I brought up were divulged and shared multiple times in multiple scenarios, uh, that's the only reason why I brought them up because it was not just me talking it's a lot of people that talking and I I'm not kidding you. When I tell you, I've got like a hundred emails, some people cursing me out for even doing this show. Some people giving me these, I mean, most of those emails were like super, super long content emails telling me about their thoughts and their uh, concerns and their beliefs. But my belief stands where it stands. I believe that he knew that his time was coming and that he wrapped up things in a way that he felt was going to kind of give him some closure on a bunch of things in his life and also give closure to the people he felt like he hurt. Uh, I don't think that it was, I don't think that it was suicide, but if we're going to go down that road, I want to believe that he went on his own time and that he did what he wanted to do. And I, only hope that he accomplished everything that he wanted to accomplish before we left, which is all that any of us can really hope for in our life is that when we pass on, when we die, when we go on to the next level, that we've accomplished everything that we've, that we needed to accomplish, that we've done what God had intended us to do. That's kind of how I feel about it. Really in all honesty, uh, it doesn't change anything. So I, I certainly hope that you guys got a little bit out of this I will not, again, I will not be doing this type of show again. If you are experiencing grief and it has actually re-sparked some things, please contact crisisnetwork.org. They have 800 numbers that you can call. You can talk to a counselor if you really feel like you're, if you're really feeling some sort of way, please call crisisnetwork.org. Uh, go to the website. They will actually put you in contact with a counselor that's near, near you are, wherever it is that you are. Same thing with, I, I guess, with anything. They also have addiction specialists as well. If you know somebody who's dealing with an addiction to pharmaceutical drugs and you're concerned that they may going be going down the same path, there's also other websites as well. S-A-M-H-S-A, samhsa.gov. Uh, that is a substance abuse hotline that you can send people to, if you feel like somebody is addicted to either pharmaceutical drugs or even something that's even more harsh, like whatever it may be, please contact them as well and intervene. We all feel like if we would have known Prince personally, some of us have, and we would have known what he was going through and what he was dealing with, that we could have, if, if, if we knew that it could have possibly made a difference of us stepping in and stopping this process and helping this along, we certainly would have done it. But you might, you just might be able to get in front of somebody who you know, family, somebody in your family, somebody that lives in your house, a friend, somebody that you consider a friend that may have pushed you away because they're involved in drugs. You might be able to save their lives you might be able to intervene and you might be able to make a difference. And all I can do is tell you, samhsa.gov. 
You can also dial them at 1-800-662-HELP. That's 1-800-662-HELP. And you can intervene that way as well and save somebody's life. If there's somebody that you really love that you see going down a path that could be very destructive and could end up having a horrible ending, step in the way. Thank you guys for tuning in. We will see you next week. And I appreciate it. For those who want to re-watch this or re-listen to it, I will make sure that by tomorrow, the Patreons, if you are a Patreon supporter, patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Funkatopia, the replay will actually be posted there. Plus the video will be posted automatically, I believe, on Facebook. Uh, but I'm going to make sure the audio is there for download for folks on Patreon and uh, the video will go up on YouTube. The Also, the audio will also be up on iHeartRadio as well. iHeartRadio should probably hit... Uh, probably Friday maybe is probably when I, so you'll find it on iHeartRadio, SoundCloud and Radionomy and a bunch of other places as well. Thank you guys so, so much. I appreciate you guys hanging out. I've been talking to you guys for over three and a half hours now. I hope you guys got all the answers that you needed, or at least got a little bit more insight as to why people think what they think. And uh, I hope I didn't upset anybody. And I hope we got some new listeners and subscribers as a result. That's the least we can hope for. We are in no way affiliated or endorsed by Paisley Park or the estate of Prince Rogers Nelson, but uh, we sure have a lot to say about it. <laughs>